Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to a combo edition of the A's Plus and Giant Splash podcasts. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser. I will be joined by Giants beat writer Henry Schulman, and we will talk about the upcoming winter meetings in San Diego next week, what the teams might be trying to do, and some of the creative ways that they might do it. All of that next on A's Plus and Giants Flash. Uh, we had some action this week, Henry, with the non-tender date. Um, sometimes a non-tender date uh, means very little to teams, but for both the A's and Giants, there were some significant names who were non-tendered, um, including for the Giants, a guy that seems uh, fans are very upset about the Giants letting go. Tell us more about that. Well, the, fan, the Giants fans are upset about a lot of things right now, um, not least the hire of Gabe Kapler as manager. And then on the heels of that, they decided not to tender Kevin Pillar a contract. He's the guy who, I mean, he led them in home runs. Cole led them in home runs. He he drove in, you know, 86 runs for a team that, you know, barely scored 630. He won the Willie Mack Award as the most inspirational player. He was one of the few guys on the field who actually created some excitement uh, on a nightly basis, and they cut him loose. And, you know, it's all part of the Farhan Zaidi plan, and, uh, you know, it, it was going to be, he was going to earn between 9 and $10 million in his final year of arbitration closer to 10 than 9 probably and uh, it was one of those deals where the Giants got Kevin Pillar last year uh, the first week of the season they acquired him from Toronto uh, and uh, they felt he was the right guy for 5.8 million dollars at that time and uh, now they feel he's the wrong guy for for 10 million dollars because they have other outfielders they want to play center field and uh, this is one of those things where you know Farhan has a plan uh, but right now the fans don't see it I guess you you probably figure if you're a team that's maybe not contending, that's a lot of money for one spot in the in the lineup. So it certainly sounds like something the the A's would consider in a year they thought they weren't necessarily content, contending. Um, but they had their own difficulties this week with guys on the non-tender list. Blake Trinan, who two years ago was an all-star and put up one of the best seasons ever by an A's reliever. Uh, I think most people know this stat by now, but he, he put up an 078 ERA that year. That's the best ever in major league history by a pitcher with at least 80 innings. So that was a tremendous season. And then of course he, he really sputtered last year. He felt maybe the, the juiced ball had affected him and that nasty sinker he had. He just was not quite the same. And the A's let him go because his projected salary was going to be somewhere in the $8 million range. And uh, that's that for, for a pitcher who's not necessarily projectable for next year, that would be an awful lot. Well, that sounded like a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. And now the A's are now talking to Trinan to maybe try to bring him back on a more reasonable contract, which I, you know, I could see. They did that last year with Mike Fires. Just because you non-tender a guy doesn't mean that you you can't bring him back. Uh, The A's uh, won't be bringing back Jerickson Profar, of course, since they they traded him to the Padres. Um, 
And that's an interesting one because the Padres uh, will tender him, did tender him a, a contract, and and Profar's coming off also a very disappointing season. Batted 218, developed the yips throwing, he came on a little bit stronger late in the season, and he's only 26. You got to think that the Padres are looking at him as potentially a bounce back guy, especially at that age, somebody who who can hit, who should hit. Uh, AJ Preller's familiar with him from, of course, from the Texas organization. So uh, the A's do get back Austin. Allen, a catcher, a left-handed hitting catcher, more important in that deal, which I think helped them free up uh, the ability to non-tender Josh Fegley. Who didn't they non-tender this week? Uh, and Fegley's one of the longer-tenured A's. So that was a kind of a big day for the A's with all the guys coming and going. And uh, Austin Allen it will we'll kind of see you know whether he winds up playing for the A's next year or not he has options I think the A's are probably still looking for a veteran left-handed hitting catcher but certainly that was something that they needed um well at least one of two teams in the Bay Area that are probably looking for veteran left-handed catchers (laughs) because the Giants it was before the non-tender but uh they let uh Stephen Vogt walk uh to the Arizona Diamondbacks not for a lot of money uh just for the want of not wanting to give him a second year yeah and uh the A's talked to him too yeah yeah, and, and, you know, it's interesting. We're going to talk a little bit later about the speed of this market uh, compared to past years. But have you noticed that, I mean, the catching market is one of the first things that's just been sort of eaten up. I mean, uh, catcher after catcher after catcher are, are, are going off the board, and uh, both, both the Giants and A's need one. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, I would got to got to think that a local guy, Jason Castro, is getting a look from probably everywhere. The A's, I think the A's probably don't want to spend a lot of money. I think they like they love their rotation. They have a pretty good core lineup coming back with just you know the the need for a good left-handed hitting back bat and question marks at at second base and and left-handed hitting catcher. Um, but I don't think they want to go over the hundred million mark. So I don't know if they they will be necessarily adding anybody major. Certainly through the free agent market, who who might the Giants be looking at? Well, I uh, the Giants. Uh, I'll give you the positions first of all. What what they really want is a corner outfielder with pop, and that's a, that's a hard commodity to find, especially in free agency. Uh, one of the reasons behind. Uh, non-tendering Kevin Pillar is the theory that they have enough guys who can play center. It's hard to find a center fielder with power, and power is what they need. So they could put Mike Yastrzemski in center. They have Steven Duggar coming back. Uh, I mean, he's had injuries two years in a row now. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, even Austin Slater is not really, not really a center fielder, but he can play out there. So they really kind of wanted to open up center field for guys like that and, and then go out and get a corner guy. Now, I uh, you know, the, the rumor mill has them uh, going after Nick Castellanos. Uh, you know, I, I think he I think he'd be a good guy to get. I don't know that it's, it's exactly a fit. For one thing, he, he hated playing in a big ballpark. He's a free agent, by the way, and he hated playing in a big ballpark in Detroit. And even with the uh, dimensions changing at Oracle, I mean, it's still a big ballpark. Um, I, I think that um, a possibility would be Ozuna from St. Louis, who's also a free agent. Uh, he does have the qualifying offer attached to him, but uh, with uh, Smith uh, signing with Will Smith signing with um, Atlanta and uh, Madison Bumgarner, I'm guessing not returning to the Giants. Uh, I, I do believe that the, the Giants will get two comp picks. So if you get two comp picks, maybe you won't be as uh, protective of the, the comp pick you'll lose or the, the pick you'll lose if you sign a guy like Azuna and, and like, you know, Profar you're talking about and 
Um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, uh, Ozuna's coming off a down year too in St. Louis. He he wasn't the hitter uh, that uh, that he necessarily was in Florida, and, and that could be an opportunity maybe to get him for for a lower cost. So you got the corner outfielder, a uh, little bit of pop. Uh, they probably are going to be well, obviously. I, I just mentioned they're going to be looking for a backup catcher. Uh, with vote gone, and uh, they're also looking for late relief. They're looking for uh, right-handers specifically uh, who have some experience uh, in leverage situations. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're talking to Trinan as well, especially if they feel that they have seen something. You know how this is. I mean, other teams think they know what what can fix a guy, and if they see something, they might give him a crack as well. As well. Yeah, absolutely. And I I firmly believe that Trinan is uh, is probably going to uh, he's certainly going to have a better year than he did last year I, i'm almost con- mm-hmm. absolutely convinced of that profar i think is a guy who also potentially could bounce back pretty well but you know the a's just can you know they, they would be looking at essentially 13 million for the two of them uh that's pretty risky um free agents for the a's possibilities um you know again they're not going to spend a ton but, uh, you know, if they look for a left-handed hitting second baseman, Scooter Jeanette's a guy who you're certainly familiar with. Uh, I think that they would look at. He's also one of Chris Davis's best friends, so that's interesting. Eric Sogar, the A's love reunions with former players, and he had a very nice season. It, it might be somebody like that. David Forst has mentioned that they'd like somebody who plays multiple positions um, as and is a left-handed hitter. That might start to get a little bit more tricky, um, but with that 20 sixth player being added I think that's kind of what they're looking at is maybe they'll go out and get a left-handed hitting utility player uh, wouldn't everyone like one of those uh, and then they're probably also looking in the bullpen because who isn't always looking in the bullpen but I think they, they feel pretty especially if they could sign someone like Trinan or bring in a veteran guy on a two-year deal like they did with uh, Petit and then Soria and back-to-back years I think those are the kinds of guys that they're looking at uh, again We'll be back in just a moment with more A's Plus and Giant Splash. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know, uh, I think Jonathan VR would have been perfect for what you're talking about, but it's really the same situation as with the guys the A's non-tendered. I mean, Jonathan VR got traded to um, the uh, – he was DFA'd and then traded to Miami. I mean, he's perfect. He can play multiple positions. He's left-handed. He's a good hitter. But, again, he's a, he's an arbitration guy who's going to command $10 million. And, you know, uh, I think – you know, the Giants um, – they have the money this time around. This is the first time in a long time they're not uh, butting up against the, the luxury tax cap. They're about $140 million in commitments. Uh, now, they, their revenues are definitely going to be down because they're not filling as many seats. Uh, uh, I, I just don't think Farhan – I mean, coming from the A's like he did and, you you know, wor- working for, for Billy and David – uh, in, in that environment, then going to the Dodgers, which are a big market team, but still don't believe uh, in spending money for the sake of spending money. I, I don't think they necess- I don't think the Giants necessarily feel that they um, want to spend for the sake of spending. If they did, they would have kept uh, Kevin Pillar. 
Um, and uh, but but I do think this could be a year where the Giants take on a contract that might be a little bit above their com- comfort level, whether it's a free agent or uh, one of those deals that uh, where you acquire. Uh, a player you really want, but the only way you can get him, like a younger guy who's, uh, you know, who can give you what you need, the only way you can get him is to take a bad big uh, contract of an older player in return. And the Giants have the financial flexibility to do something like that. And and I would look for the Giants uh, to be talking about such deal. We haven't really talked much about trades with the Giants uh, because we, we really haven't gotten a sense of, of which teams they match up with. Uh, but that could be an area where uh, they could fill some of these needs. It would still cost them money, um, but fill some of these needs without having to, um, you know, get into the get into the free agent market. A free agent market that, by the way, is just zooming right now, right? Yeah. Well, that's a you know, this time last year, so little had happened, and then we went into the winter meetings, and it was a you know, it was a little bit dull. Uh, you know, so many of the big names didn't come off the board until much later. You know, in the case of Dallas Keuchel, not even into the season. Here we've seen Zach Wheeler get $118 million. Uh, teams are already being uh, associated with Garrett Cole. He's sounds like he's meeting with clubs. I mean, it's we could there could be some hot and heavy action in San Diego. This is this could I, be I an ex- so a fun too. one. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there. You know, I, I've tried to think of the reasons why this year of all years it's been like that. I, I have a couple of ideas I'll share with the the listeners. Um, I mean, I think number one, I think there are some teams that have not spent, uh, who have reached the sort of cusp of contention, uh, and now have that pent up demand to spend some money. Uh, that's number one. And I think number two as well, I think this is kind of an under the radar thing, but, you know, the luxury tax that, uh, has kept teams from spending, that's going to go away after the 2021 season. The, the, uh, collective bargaining agreement actually says that the, it'll be sunsetted out after 2021 and specifically it says that the two sides agree that they're not going to bring it back and uh, now if you're talking about a three or a four-year deal you don't have to look ahead to the third or fourth year right now uh, which would be 22 and uh, 2022 and 2023 and go well you know what if we give them that much money we're gonna we're gonna have to pay maybe the luxury tax and I, I think that's part of it and I'll, I mean also I think that there's a, you know there's some really good free agents out there uh, it's a good year to be a, a you know a pitcher out there. there's a lot of pitchers out there um, and, uh, you know, we've seen the catchers snapped up. Uh, I, and, and so, I mean, those are, I mean, unless you can think of other reasons, I mean, that's really kind of where I think they're at. Yeah. And, you know, that's where you're going to start if you're a team that's, that wants to contend. You're going to start with your rotation. So, and I do think a lot of these teams want earlier answers. Uh, yeah. So they know what they're doing. You know, I, baseball's become very stratified the last couple of years. Teams feel like they're either in or out earlier. And uh, if you can make your plans one way or another, uh, that's probably good. But the luxury taxes are really, that's an interesting um, kind of twist on all of this. And I think, you know, here, here's another thing that's affecting things so far. It's much more minor, um, but certainly has affected the A's decision making this week is the three batter minimum rule, which is changing the complexion of, of bullpens, certainly. Um, the A's decide to non-tender Ryan Bookter this week. He's more of a traditional lefty specialist. There's much more, much less of a demand for the, that type of pitcher now, which is uh, too bad. We'll, we've seen the en- end of probably a, a lot of loogie careers, uh, I think, as a result. Uh, and then they re-signed Jake Diekman because he's a guy who uh, can pitch multiple innings if need be. Uh, and 
Uh, that I think definitely was was really one of the motivating factors for that. The Giants making some decisions based on the the three batter minimum, which by the way, David well, Force's ease have not been officially informed about yet, but they're just right, operating under right. that assumption. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that's one of the things they're looking at for relief. I mean, they lost a guy who was very good at at, thro- at getting out lefties and righties in Will Smith, and it's interesting that the uh, Braves right away came out and said Melanson is going to remain the closer while Will Smith uh, is going to be a setup man. Now, part of that might have been, um, you know, just you, you don't want to take the job away from somebody before spring training. But the, but the other reason is uh, Will Smith is a guy who can go multiple innings. Melanson really isn't. And, uh, that, you know, sometimes you need the, the, the three guys to get out in the seventh than going into the eighth inning and whatnot. And um, I think that that might be better for a setup type guy than, than a closer, especially if the closer doesn't have the greatest splits in the world. Um, the Giants do have some uh, relief pitchers who can, uh, you know, face multiple guys. I, I think I don't think they're as set up as well. Uh, maybe as the A's are in terms of guys who relievers now who um, can get lefties and righties out uh, together. But I think all those anybody you look at on the free agent list is going to be kind of looked at by a, by a bunch of teams, including the Giants, uh, maybe even including the A's, uh, for that for that very reason. You're, you're, it's almost like an old school thing where you have to have guys who pitch. Uh, multiple. I mean, we're not going to see you know Raleigh Fingers anymore coming in and uh, you know pitching the last three innings of a game uh, to get a save. But it, it is moving in that direction a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's interesting to see how that's going to affect the the market and and uh, a number of lefties' careers for sure. Uh, Henry, we are looking forward to next week. You and I will be providing podcasts daily. Um, you know, news permitting. I w- I would imagine if if one of us winds up with like a massive story, maybe we we have to postpone something for another day. But we really enjoyed doing that last year, and I, I think we're looking forward. I think we're looking forward to San Diego again because man, that last time was. Uh, great. I don't think I think it was John Shea last time, and that is yeah. a great spot to have a winter meetings. Well, yeah, and I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but I probably I usually go to the winter meetings. I walk in the the hotel and I never walk out again until I'm going to the airport. So they could have it on the moon, and it really doesn't matter unless you, you know, I mean, unless we can sneak out and maybe grab a bite to eat at Seaport Village. But yeah, you know what? The uh, I just remember from last year, the listeners uh, really really liked. Uh, these joint podcasts that we did, just to give them sort of like an up-to-date uh, kind of feel for what's going on that sometimes doesn't really necessarily come across in the written story. Right. Yeah, no, it's fun. You know, we always look forward to a couple of the, the regular events, the Scott Boris stroll through the lobby and uh, <laughs> et cetera, the, the general managers showing up to talk about the latest injury updates and minor league plans and things like that. You can really get into the weeds during the winter meetings. Yeah, so I, I just saw Boris uh, pick last year in Vegas. He picked this gigantic Christmas tree to to do his uh, thing. I, I hope he finds another big Christmas tree to do it. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. The state of the the state of the Scott address. He's, he's probably got, scouted that I mean, out already. The, uh, look, yeah, I mean, he he's always got a lot of guys. But I mean, good lord, I mean, he's got he's got Garrett Cole. He's got Rendon. He's got Strasburg. Um, he's got uh, Castellanos. Uh, I apologize to Greek people for mispronouncing that, Castellanos. Um, and, uh, you know, so this is really going to be the Scott Boris Olympics this time around. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. At uh, yeah. Good times. Henry, I look forward to talking to you in San Diego, and thanks to everyone for joining us on A's Plus. All right, thank you. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. 
If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to The Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. 